Hello and welcome to Mince Levin's podcast, From the Edge, where attorneys at the firm talk to awesome entrepreneurs and CEOs and people starting companies that are disrupting industries and changing the world. Mince Levin's a nationally leading law firm helping emerging growth companies achieve success. For other really interesting Mince Edge podcasts with great insights, check out mincedge.com. My name is Ben Stone, and I'm a corporate lawyer here at Mintz Levin, and I focus primarily on startups and emerging companies, and particularly companies who are using business-minded, market-driven principles to have a positive impact on the world. Uh, it's been my pleasure prior to Mintz Levin to uh, serve as a founder, a CEO, a marketing director, general counsel, and uh, even a litigator to boot. And I think those experiences have shown me that uh, one of the most important things about being an entrepreneur is finding a market failure, filling in that market failure, and then simply jumping into the deep end and going for it. So it's my pleasure on that note to welcome Ananth Kastu-Riraman and Caroline Fay, the founders of Skillist, a company that is connecting untapped talent to in-demand jobs. Ananth and Caroline, it is wonderful to have you here today. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. Ben. us. So let's start out with the with the basics here before we get into your your background and your motivation about and how you came together to start this uh, this great company. Uh, what's the market failure here that you that Skillist is addressing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think you actually hit on the market failure when you introduced our company. Now our focus is really on connecting untapped talent to in demand jobs, and as we see it, uh, there's a lot that's going wrong in the labor market today. Uh, fundamentally, if you look at the data, there are actually more open jobs now than there are people to fill them. Uh, but somehow we're in a time of chronically low unemployment. Uh, companies are saying there aren't enough people to fill jobs, and we know that there's a huge problem with unemployment and underemployment in this country, especially for certain segments of the population. Uh, so at Skillis, what we're really trying to do is help build a more effective labor market, one where there's great access to opportunity for job seekers and where companies can actually find people with the skills they need. And, and so, practically speaking, what does Skillist do? Yeah. So Skillist is a hiring platform that connects companies looking for entry-level professional talent with relevant, often overlooked job seekers, like the tens of millions of Americans without four-year college degrees. We do this through a skill-based, identity-blind job application process that allows people to highlight what they actually know how to do instead of where they come from. There's a phrase on on the Skillis website that I love, which is uh, reinventing the resume. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't know this before, but uh, Leonardo da Vinci apparently invented the resume 500 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, what went wrong? Yeah. So, I mean, all credit to Leo. I think he was a visionary, <laughs> you know, really, really was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. Um, but I think, you know, time has caught up with the resume and then some. If you think about, you know, when the resume started, there were only so many different ways that a person could acquire a certain set of skills. And we were really in an apprenticeship economy, right? So who you had worked for or where you went to school was really critical in determining if you could be, you know, a craftsman or a merchant or whatever. Uh, but now we're in an economy where, you know, skills are dynamic. You can learn from a lot of different places. Uh, it's not just about the school you went to or the past job title you had that can, um, you know, qualify you for certain jobs. And so the resume is really an architect, as I mentioned, of, of, of where you come from, right? The school you went to, the major you may have, uh, the, the past three companies you worked for. And so <clears throat> if you've never made it onto what we think of as the career track in this country, you know, you've never gone to a four-year school, you've never been to a big recognizable employer, you won't have a lot of opportunities to make the jump into a great job in a great company, even if you've acquired 
incredible customer service skills or um, you know time management skills or leadership skills from uh, you know a, a frontline service job or from a volunteer experience or, or anything like that. There was a uh, Boston Globe article recently published about skillists <coughs> that touched on the idea of bias in hiring. Uh, where does skillists fall in and, and, and where, where do you think the company can help there? Yeah, so the other piece of our application, in addition to the, uh, the sort of skill-blind focus, uh, skill-based focus, I apologize, is actually uh, an, an idea of identity blinding. So our application process not only allows people to highlight the skills that they have and share examples of their you know, personal stories, it also has employers review all applications without seeing a person's name, gender, ethnicity, contact information. And so essentially, what we found is the combination of you know, letting people sort of lead with their skills as opposed to lead with, you know, the tagline, you know, of where they went to school or where they worked, that combined with the identity blinding actually does an amazing job in reducing unconscious bias. Um, and so, so we think that's really critical, you know, because the population that we serve, where we're going out to the community colleges, we're going to the workforce nonprofits, and maybe a lot of folks from, you know, more non-traditional backgrounds than, than a company may traditional see or expect. And so giving our job seekers the sort of ability to shine, but also the protection to, you know, apply without fear of judgment for factors out of their control is, is really important. And it's something that we think is working well for both uh, the job seekers we serve and the companies we work with. And speaking of the companies that you work with, uh, what are some examples of, of your partners and how are those relationships uh, going so far? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. We've, we've often gotten asked about sort of our target industries, and we really think about ourselves more having target job types we are really focused at this point on helping uh, employers find workers who are heavily indexed on, you know, what's known as, as soft skills or professional skills, uh, rather than sort of more traditional technical, you know, licensed skills or, or things like that. And so, there are a lot of jobs in customer service, uh, you know, sales development, administration, coordination, uh, jobs that really can be found across industries. Uh, today, we've seen a lot of success working actually with some of the. Uh, the better-known Boston tech companies, so Wayfair and DraftKings are two examples that have mm -hmm. that have come on board. You know, they're growing fast. They really are thinking a lot about how to have a, a progressive, uh, innovative talent strategy, and so that's been a great fit. Um, but you know, we also see applications across other industries as well that are you know many of which are located in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, the insurance industry, um, hospitals, universities, where there's a high need for either you know call center workers or administrative workers. We see a you know, tremendous opportunity and interest as well. And so we're, we're definitely exploring that. So now that we've uh, established what Skillist is and, and, and what market failure it's filling in, let's talk a little bit more about you guys, um, because this is the, you're driving forward this company. It's, uh, it's your baby. Uh, you're moving it forward. You're putting everything on the table to get this done. Um, so I think I want to learn more about you. So Ananth, co-founder, CEO, uh, what's your background? What led you to do this? And, and most importantly, what was your first job? Yeah, so uh, my first job actually has continued to pay dividends. Uh, <laughs> I was a, a babysitter and tutor uh, in grade school. And so um, spent a lot of time with younger kids, you know, figuring out how to make them happy and ideally learn some things too. Uh, it was a good way to earn some spending money and, and, you know, when I was younger as well. And so, you know, it's helped me with my skill but skillist budgeting too as, as we've <laughs> moved into the company phase. Um, but yeah, you know, I career-wise actually never could have imagined that I would be doing this um, even sort of three or four years ago. My focus had always been on 
large scale systemic change. So spent some time working um, in sort of K-12, uh, working at the KIPP Foundation, was working on access to, to, uh, to college, you know, financial literacy, college savings work for our students. Um, ultimately moved upstream from there because I felt like, you know, what was the point of helping people get to college if they weren't completing or if the cost of college kept going up or they weren't getting good jobs. And so shifted my focus to higher ed and, um, you know, after sort of several years of working, um, both at KIPP and in the private sector, I, I ended up at Harvard to where I was uh, enrolled to get my MBA um, and also was taking classes at the education school. So, so my plan really was to, you know, spend some time there, really learn a lot about how to run big organizations, um, you know, sort of effective budgeting, management, access strategies, um, and then go be a chief of staff at a university. But the, uh, the deeper I got into the space, the more I realized um, there was a huge underserved market, you know, two-thirds of American adults who don't go to four-year universities and who, who that doesn't make sense for. Um, and having spent time as a consultant and in the private sector, I knew that talent strategy was also a big deal for, for companies, right? The, this is something that's a huge imperative for companies is, is finding great people. And so cognitively, I just knew there were a lot of great people that weren't getting to college. And if companies were only looking at college as the way to find people, um, they were missing out. So shifted my focus, started entering a lot of you know social enterprise competitions, came up with an early idea for, for what would become Skillist um, in you know early to mid 2016. And luckily, shortly thereafter, met Caroline. And that's a great segue. Caroline, uh, tell us more about yourself, your background, and, and of course, most importantly, your first job. Yeah, so, you know, one thing that we like to do at Skillist is uh, our entire team has our first job on our website. And if you check out <laughs> Skillist.co, you'll see that my first job was a failed lemonade stand because uh, I grew up in a very rural area where there were truly more horses than people. So it was... And they, it was didn't, a, they didn't want any lemonade? You know, yeah, it was a tough sell. <laughs> uh, so it was, you know, definitely my first entrepreneurial experience. Um, and it definitely taught the... Uh, uh, the necessity for scrappiness, um, and and similar to Anand, certainly did not uh, imagine that I would you know be starting a company. But I'm I, I'm so glad that we are, um, as as my background is really in in higher education. Um, my first job out of school was at Northeastern University's um, College of Professional Studies, which is their online and evening division. So I was working with adult learners and community college students who were thinking about um, completing their education and kind of getting that four-year degree. And I really loved working with the population. They were so inspiring and, and very different from the people that I, you know, had often interacted with at, you know, in college and, and growing up. Um, but a, a natural kind of tension started to set in, which was that I felt like a lot of these folks who were considering completing their degree could be really successful without the degree. Mm -hmm. um, but there was this, um, uh, this it, it felt like a lot of pressure to that, that a bachelor's degree would um, is the only way to advance your career. So that really stuck with me. And um, I ended up moving over to work at Harvard, um, where I helped to found a um, center for technology at the business school um, while pursuing my graduate degree in education. And so at, uh, at the School of Education, I really doubled down on this, on this idea that I had been thinking about, about talent, the, the, the future for talent who, doesn't, who don't have four-year degrees. Um, so similar to Ananth, really thinking about that 66% of Americans who don't have a four-year degree, and how can we um, systemically provide more opportunity? Um, and 
and why is it that a four-year degree really feels like um, the ticket to a career advancing upwardly mobile degree, um, pardon me, upwardly mobile career. So I was finishing my degree in around 2016 and I saw that this company, um, you know, the first iteration of Skills, which was called Yellow Brick Road, had, had won a business plan competition. Uh, so I shot them an email kind of saying, <laughs> hey, I've been focused on community college students my entire degree. I'm so interested in learning about what you're building. Um, my subtext was, you know, are you hiring? Because I just graduated and I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity that would, you know, fit, fit what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is that this this is a non-business plan emphasis on business plan. Mm-hmm. So there was they were not hiring. It was not really a business yet. But that is um, that is how we got connected. And having the uh, the kindness to answer a cold email, nice. uh, and we've been kind <laughs> of. Uh, working together of course ever since sometimes writing those cold emails and or responding to them are the key to taking huge next steps for businesses absolutely yeah it's definitely something that uh we like to think as part of the skillless dna now because um you know it's just good practice to even if maybe you can't talk to this person who wants to chat with you for for a month or so acknowledging them and and hearing what they have to say can lead to really exciting things so uh we definitely try to always keep that in mind <laughs> so how did it go from business plan to business yeah absolutely so you know i think one of the interesting things um that was really lucky for us as people who had maybe never really considered being entrepreneurs is that we we're really methodical and thoughtful about it. So actually for the, you know, the first year of, of turning Skillist kind of from the early Yellow Brick Road idea that Caroline mentioned into, you know, our company, uh, I was actually finishing my degree, Caroline was still working full time. And so we, you know, almost set up like a series of experiments, right? Like what would you have to believe to know that um, this idea we have could work, right? Like, you know, and so there were different experiments like, is this problem real, right? And, and Caroline can explain a little bit more about that. But if we go out and, and take the the nascent idea to, to to market to a series of companies and job seekers, will they acknowledge that this is something we can help them with? You know, do we have an idea that our solution, right, the idea of a skill based um, application, could add value? Is it something that's you know easy enough, intuitive enough, that, like to be resonant? And so, I would say we spent the first year um, really just learning, talking to a lot of smart people. Um, you know, I was able to sort of tailor my course load at the business school also, you know, to like, I took launching tech ventures, I took managing human capital, I took, you know, public entrepreneurship and, and negotiations and reimagining capitalism and all these courses that really helped me shape my thesis on the, the company I would want to build. So that um, after that first year, we felt like, okay, you know what, let's, let's do it. And so um, I decided to, you know, turn down my other job offers, um, kind of continued with this full time. And you know, Caroline left her job, and then we, uh, you know, went went out to go build this and got some great legal help along the way. <laughs> um, so, in my opinion, one of the critical uh, steps that Skillist took was a really robust pilot program. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, thinking back to that pilot, you know, it's it's always funny to reflect on on where you've come from. And Caroline and I, you know, I don't think we mentioned neither of us have a technical background, and so. Um, the fact that we were thinking about a tech-enabled solution meant that we had to get really creative along the way. So in New Hampshire, I mean, we literally were creating templates for folks to fill out on, you know, Google Sheets. And so people would mm-hmm. sort of go into the Google Sheet and, 
you know, fill it in Excel cells with, you know, their examples. And, uh, you know, Caroline would be taking calls with all the applicants to kind of walk them through the process and help them think about their skills. And I would be taking all those templates and turning them into sort of PowerPoint one-pagers that I could send to companies and they could be reviewing. And so we really didn't over-invest in technology before we knew that there was demand for what we were creating. I think that was really valuable for us. And even, you know, continued going forward, you know, the, the sort of next more robust beta pilot we ran, we built a very, you know, basically functional tech platform that could capture information in, but on the back end, we were still, you know, manually kind of sorting everything, generating application PDFs and, you know, communicating with applicants directly. And, and that allowed us to learn, again, more about what users needed and job seekers needed before we then went and built the platform that we have today, which is, you know, much more automated and, um, and tailored. But I, I, it's just funny to think about um, what you need to do if you're not capable of building tech. Well, it sounds like it's, it was uh, advantageous to the company because at the heart of this, this is a, a company working with humans and with real human-centric concerns and to get on the ground working with them in person um, away from the technology first. In, in my mind, uh, it sounds like it created a real foundation of uh, knowledge and inspiration uh, to, to drive forward. That and it also really um, encouraged us to have our users be part of the development Mm-hmm. as often as possible. So when we were building the most recent you know, iteration of Skillist, um, which obviously, again, is a lot more automated and has a lot more technical functionality than the Google Sheets that we were using in New Hampshire, <laughs> um, we do a lot of user testing and conversations with our users to make sure that we're building something that will work for them. So again, mo- something that's mobile friendly, um, something that has text reminders because again we need to make sure that we have the user in mind um, regardless of you know where we are as a company so uh, speaking of where you are as a company um, where are you as a company right now and where do you envision uh, going in the next year five years ten years fifty years (laughs) yeah Um, so I guess you know what we can do is share a little bit about kind of where we are now in our immediate growth plan and then maybe pivot to the the sort of big vision that we have for, for mm-hmm. the future. Um, so, you know, in the short term, I think we are uh, still very much an early stage startup. And so, uh, you know, after all the testing that we've talked about, we sort of officially commercially went to market in early April. Uh, so, you know, we're now posting jobs from some great employers in the Boston area, like Wayfair, DraftKings, Harvard Business School, and a few others. Uh, who are who are working with us and and you know we've we've set up some initial partnerships as well in the Boston area with workforce organizations like you know some of the community colleges, Europe, JVS, and you know a lot of organizations doing great work to serve job seekers. But um, we've largely been regionally focused. So you know I think we've we've been in Boston. We've seen sort of great success and interest here. But our focus is on finding other markets to expand into over the next year. And so. Um, have started having some great conversations in, in Rhode Island. Um, Caroline's a Providence College alum too, so um, you know we're excited to get there. Um, New York City is definitely uh, on our on our roadmap. We were fortunate to be supported early on by the uh, the Robin Hood Foundation, which is one of the sort of preeminent organizations there. Um, and uh, you know we've we've already started talking with both organizations and companies in New York as well. And so I think a big part of our focus over the next year is. Um, you know, just expanding kind of the number of job seekers we're working with, the number of companies we're working with, and uh, internally continuing to build out our team, you know, make some key hires, um, invest in ourselves, and, and uh, you know, maybe raise a little bit more funding to it to give us the runway to, to, to scale up. Um, 
longer term, I think, you know, what we're really excited about, what we see um, kind of ourselves being at the, at the vanguard of building is a platform for the, the skill-based economy. Um, you know, so really thinking about a future where uh, companies think about the jobs they have open in terms of the skills they need, um, where people are able to think about, um, you know, their own abilities in terms of the skills they've acquired, you know, from past jobs, from courses, from life experience. Um, and, and a system where training organizations, you know, the, the sort of educational institutions of the world, the workforce nonprofits, anywhere else, can think about um, the skills they're helping people acquire. Um, you know, because when you really have all three sides of that sort of three-legged stool speaking in the same language, and you have a person saying, okay, I have these skills now, I see this career opportunity that's open to me, I have four of the six skills that are needed, here's where I can go to get the last two. Um, you know, or a company can say, you know, this is someone in my organization, they already have four of the six skills I need, here's what I can do to help them get to the next level. Um, it's just a much fairer, more equitable, more accessible system. And, and we think we can be on the ground floor of, of building that, that vision for the economy in, in the future. You guys have had an incredibly exciting ride so far. Uh, and I just, I can't wait to see where you're going to go from here. And uh, hopefully we at Mince Levin can be helpful and uh, partnering with all of your other advisors and investors and everyone else to, to really help you move this company forward. It's, it's quite exciting. And so as you're looking forward, what are you most optimistic about? And perhaps what do you think are the, some of the big challenges that uh, are coming your way? Yeah, so we're, we're really optimistic, and as, uh, as Anand mentioned earlier, we just feel like the, the time is right for a solution like Skillist and for the movement f of skill-based hiring to move forward at, at an incredible pace um, with, you know, just the tight labor market and with um, the rising cost of education and with the increased call on corporate America for training their workforce and also diversifying it. We just feel like the um, the groundwork has been laid um, for for us and, and other companies and other uh, initiatives and organizations who have similar goals as us to, to really thrive. How about any, any challenges that you foresee or? Yeah, so I mean. Too many to count? Well, <laughs> some days. Yeah, I, you know, I think at the end of the day though, right? Like, let's go back to where we started. Um, Leonardo da Vinci invented the resume. It's been around for 500 years and, and sort of nothing has knocked it off its perch so far, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, what we're trying to do is systems change behavior, right? Really trying to dislodge a way that companies have oriented themselves to thinking about for a long time and that, that people have, have oriented themselves, right? You, you really do think in a lot of ways that you are your resume or when you meet someone, right? You ask for their resume to sort of measure them up. And so I think retraining both sides of the market to adopt this new way of thinking um, is hard, right? It's not easy, but uh, I think being again, you know, human-centered, thoughtful, um, responsive to to what job seekers need and what companies need, um, and doing little things, right? Like we we sort of anchor ourselves on creating skillists that are skill-based resumes, right? We're still creating a one-page PDF that a recruiter can look at that can you know fit into the applicant tracking system, but it's it's anchored around skills, right? Um, you know, we're still helping a person apply to a job. They look at a job description, they hit apply, right? That doesn't feel foreign, um, but we're doing it through skills. And so it's how do you, um, you know, bring our philosophy and the value we think we can have in changing the system, but still um, do it in a way that can take root um, and, and actually have a lasting impact. I think that's, uh, it's a big challenge, but also a big opportunity, right? There's a reason that nobody's done this yet, but we think that if we can, it can have a really, really big impact. Well, if anyone can do it, 
It's you guys. Uh, I truly believe that. Um, any last pieces of wisdom or takeaways for our listeners, uh, including ways that they can get involved with Skillist? Yeah, it sounds like you had sort of two questions in there. One is, you know, advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, and the other is an ask for help. So I'll start with the ask for help. Um, you know, if you're excited about what we're building, would love to hear from you. Please shoot us an email, info at skillist.co. If you have companies you think we should work with, um, you know, community organizations we should get in touch with, um, or just want to learn more, uh, definitely reach out. Uh, I think in terms of advice, I mean, the only thing that I, you know, can say, there's, there's so much more we can talk about. Um, We've, we've heard a lot of no's, uh, you know, I think along this journey, there's been a lot of times where we were hopeful that, you know, a customer would come through or, you know, we'd win a competition that would give us some funding that would allow us to, you know, pay our bills or whatever, and, and things didn't pan out. Um, but I think we've, we've found an idea that we are so excited about and so passionate about that it's kept us going. And I think my big takeaway from the early days in Startup Land is just uh, like, if you don't give up, you can, you can keep going and, and something will, will turn up. And so... Uh, I think basically find an idea you're super passionate about and then find a way to make it real in the world and, and get creative. Um, you know, I think even falling back on, you know, babysitting, tutoring or whatever else it is to, to pay the bills um, will allow you to kind of keep the dream alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. To reiterate what Anand said, we um, are really open to connecting with whoever is interested. So perhaps you're an employer, maybe you're an HR professional um, working in people ops and you have ideas or theories on um, on how hiring might change. Um, whoever you may be, you know, my email address is caroline at skillist.co, Anand the same thing. So we would love to, um, to start up a conversation if you're interested. Anant, Caroline, thank you so much for joining the From the Edge podcast today. Uh, it was wonderful having you. I hope uh, all the listeners took away um, some lesson learned, some inspiration, and are already drafting their business plans uh, and starting companies in your wake. Thank you very much. This is Ben Stone, and I'm signing off From the Edge. Thank you for joining us on From the Edge. This is the last podcast that we'll be doing before summer break. We will return with podcasts in September of 2018. Thank you for listening.